0: Hello and welcome to the Super. This week we will touch on the end of the Marquette era at United and the tale of the Three Devies. Um, I'm joined by Alistair Gemmol for this week. Hi, Ali. I said I'd get you back on after a win, and we finally won a game. So here you
1: are. Hi, Derek. Delighted to be on.
0: <laughs> uh, so it's been a bit of a been a bit of a whirlwind since we, we were last on. Uh, probably I don't know about you, feeling a bit of a mug uh, with our nice defensive mark Kerr at the end of the last time that we were here, and uh, it was gone pretty quickly
1: yeah I mean, I still maintain that uh, that we wouldn't have got relegated under Kerr and um you know eventually it could have come good, but Davy Smith's obviously decided otherwise and to be fair, I think uh, the general consensus amongst the fans was um that it was time for him to to move on and to go and clearly Davy Smith thought that so um yeah we'll, we'll never know what could have been but uh, we move on and there's a new man in charge now
0: yeah. Uh, but before him, there was a, a temporary man in church. <laughs> uh, I, know Dave, you've taken
1: a shine. I know you've taken a shine to Davey White. Um, yeah. yeah, he's coming and done a great job.
0: I, I think uh, for a guy for a guy, who didn't want the job uh, in any way, doesn't want to be a manager, happy with the job he's doing, I thought he did an absolute fine job. Um, players were basically asked to do what they were already doing and executed it to a higher standard than previously. Um, whether that was just the simplifying of the messages, I don't know. But
1: I think that was the key thing I took out of his his interview. I don't know if it was before, uh, I don't know when it was, if it was before the, uh, the Morton game or, or, or when it was, but the that's what I kind of took out, is like the way he said that I've simplified it for the players. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in some respects, that's, that's just maybe what you would do kind of regardless when things aren't going too well, you kind of go back to basics or what have you, or, or whether it was inferring that maybe things were just a little bit too complex under Mark and Mick and, you know, listening to a Mark uh, and then post-match interview, you could, you could kind of um, imagine how things might be a little bit too complicated, although, you know, these are kind of, these are professional footballers and it sh- sh- shouldn't be too difficult for them, their, their day job, but yeah, I thought that was interesting—the the, the kind of the back to basics, simplifying things message from 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 Davy. Yeah.
0: Um. So his first first these two matches, uh, it was a two 0 win away to Greenwich Morton. Um, I have to say, in uh, the first the first ten minutes of that game, um, I was a wee bit concerned about how uh, it was going to go. The players were very uh, in their shell. I felt uh, at the start of that game and it didn't look like it was going to be a good afternoon. Uh, I I thought there was a lot of kind of weak tackles at the start and it it turned out they were just finding their feet. But
1: All I can really recall from from the start of the game was uh, there was about a billion throw-ins. It was, to be honest, it was absolutely horrendous and it wasn't just us. I think think that kind of looked nervous. I think both teams... Kind of appreciated the magnitude of the match and, and how important it was. And the standard was absolutely atrocious. The, you know, the, the first touches, the the passes, the the just everything. It was it was such a poor start to the game from from both teams really. Uh, the ball was, was spent most of the time kind of out of the pot rather than rather than play it. Yeah, it was it was atrocious.
0: I remember actually. Um, Picking up my phone for a, a wee tweet, uh, quite early in the game, <laughs> and just noting the um, in in this game, but in the championship in particular, uh, it seems that having a throw in is actually a disadvantage to the teams. It's just a way, just a cheap way to give away possession to the other team. Uh, probably, you
1: know, you know, this has been a bugbear of mine for a long time, Derek. Yes, and, uh, I actually noticed. Uh, I think it's Ali Palmer uh, mentioned it on Twitter on Saturday as well about how. Uh, how poor we are at, at throw-ins. And I was like, yes, you're talking my language, my man, because, yeah, um, pretty poor.
0: <laughs> um, but basically, it turned out really the way that we played on the day, that was just us kind of finding our feet in the match and um, just getting comfortable. Because when we when we got going, um, we, we looked a decent decent threat. Maybe it wasn't quite as... Uh, strong going forward as we've been at times in the, in the first half, but uh, when we were working, look, try to work with look into some shots from the edge or try to play him into the, the middle of the box if we could, and we were cutting through Morton. Um, we were maybe getting some last minute, uh, last second touches on the ball just to take it off your toes, but um, we looked like something was coming from us.
1: Yeah, we definitely grew into the game. And I think the key point for me was, uh, obviously not not an attacking sense, but the role, uh, I'm going to come straight on to it, Aaron Muirhead played a yep. little park. Obviously, that was the key change to, to put him in, in uh, that holding two alongside Murdoch, And um, I think that really made a difference for us, to be honest, uh, uh, in this game and uh, the, the following game as well. And it was just because he stopped Morton getting out you know, we were able to kind of pin them into their own half because they were clearing the ball and nine times out of ten, it was Muirhead, he was getting onto it and making sure it was going going back the other way and, and not kind of putting our defence under any pressure. So, yeah. So, when we're building play from the back and it comes to Muirhead, then it's not always going to be the best pass forward and, and what have you. But, you know, when we lose possession. and... Um, at the top end of the park and, and, and Morton are clearing, then he's invariably the one that was was getting to the ball first and, and making sure that Morton couldn't build any attacks. And I think that's really that was really the, the, the story of the whole game, really. Morton really weren't able to, to put much together going forward. And, and, and thankfully, we were. And um, I think that's really where the success came from. And yeah, you're right. Luke Cowan had a, a few chances in, in the first half that he could have maybe done, done better with.
0: Um, yeah, Muirhead going into, going into midfield. I felt it really freed up Andy Murdock to go be a little bit more like his, his normal self. Um, he's had to be the more defensive of the two uh, with playing alongside Joe Chalmers, and he just got kind of given away. Obviously, he's not necessarily a, a total free flowing, uh, total football player, but. It just the shackles were off for him. He could go, he could create, he could just go, he could break wides and know that Muirhead would be in the middle waiting to break up in that he didn't get. Um,
1: definitely thought it was one of uh Andy's uh Middock's better games this season. Uh, there was a chance in the second half, I think, where he got into the box and he got on the end of a, a cross as well, which hasn't really been seen this season. Obviously, he's not renowned for his goal scoring, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was in. I suppose it's telling in itself that uh, that it was that it was Chalmers that that White like, chose to drop rather rather than Murdoch, and um, yeah, certainly the, the, having you head in there with him did did help Murdoch. Yeah, provided uh, a good base for us.
0: So we're, we're not wanting to spend too much time on the on the hole. So, um we we got we got the first goal. Um, Just a really good, just honest bit of running from Mark McKenzie to get a corner. Um, He made McAdams just lose his mind for a second. Um, We don't really fully see it because it's away behind a pillar Uh, and I haven't seen a a different camera angle show anything. I don't know if there even is one. Uh, But, yeah, he just loses his mind and just takes the ball out for a a corner. Um, Played in played back out, um, and then just a bit of play that I just find really lovely, and I always think it's a, a goal, it's not necessarily a goal that we concede regularly, but it's always a goal that you kind of just accept that other teams score that, and we never score them, where that they whip the ball across the box from Walsh to the, uh, to the edge of the six-yard box at the far side, and Muirhead crossed it back into the centre to Cammie Smith, where... I couldn't even begin to describe just how much room there is around him. Um, it was some of the worst marking known to man, and he's—you can just see him slightly surprised in the way that he adjusts his body to take the shot, realizing that he could do anything that he wanted. Uh, absolutely! Yeah, I think
1: I've. Just to pick up on what you said about Mackenzie at the start there, it's probably mm-hmm. remiss not to mention the kind of role that he had in, in the game as well. I thought he was really impressive in, in his kind of hold-up yeah. play up front. Um, you know, coming deep, winning fouls, um, chesting chesting the ball off um, for, for, uh, for to other, other players. I thought it was really kind of put a real great shift in for us. and We probably haven't seen a striker do that for us this season. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you the difference that we had so I think he'd been really, really happy with with his performance and yeah, it was kind of his pressure that, that led to the, the corner, that, that led to the goal and I think you probably also need to acknowledge that that is poor defending from Morton to, to leave Smith yeah. in that much space and you know, you say maybe we haven't scored many goals like that that's probably because we haven't come up against defending as bad as that. Yeah, but That's maybe, maybe just what we, the bit of luck I suppose that we needed to, to get that goal and I think with this team, once we do get a goal, and you know they have got the quality that you can feel relatively comfortable that they'll be able, that that'll, that'll have a big impact on them positively. The problem this season has been conceding the first goal and then having to come back from that. But uh, notwithstanding what happened the last time, at Capolo, you know that it's really it has been really important for us to to get that first goal. And it just ha- hasn't happened often enough this season.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that's possibly just lacking that kind of clinical goal scorer. Um, just the lack of a, a real proper striker all season has probably not helped us get back into games when uh, when we've conceded the first goal, but certainly... I mean, that's be absolutely
1: better. right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'll probably be the one thing that Mark Kerr looks back on at his time and be like, that's undone him for me. Yeah. Um, just that lack of, lack of a striker because you look at our defence and notwithstanding a few, a few nervous times, it's the, it's one of the best defences in the league going by the stats and the number of goals we've conceded and the number of clean sheets we've kept. So, you know, the problem with this team is not the defence, it's, it's being putting the ball in the back of the net and um, thankfully on, on Saturday we were able to get that first goal which kind of gave us a platform to go on and win the game.
0: Yeah, yeah well, We've not really taken, we've not really taken a doing this season. Um, Livingston away, obviously, um, that was just a poor day all round, and we just everyone just got it all wrong. And Hearts on Boxing Day, we conceded the five, but a five three, it's not so much of a doing. It's very very different to a five one or a five 0 whether we scored a late consolation or not. Um, but anyway, um, that was not the only goal we had in the game. The um, uh, the second goal was Morton trying to break on us basically. Um they were their centre backs were giving me a little bit of kind of flashbacks. To the last game you saw them kind of breaking either side of the center circle, running with the ball to launch it into our box uh, a few times and I was starting to get worried but this this time um I think it was Paddy Redding got a, a header down the line and the ball's cleared. Walsh clears it up the line. Moffat's running after it and just an absolute chef's kiss touch on the touchline just to keep it in. Um, he drives from there to the box where he does a one-two with Luke McCown who backheels it to him. Um, he has to kind of tackle the ball rather than pass it to Cammy Smith who again is complete, well. Less free than last time, but basically completely free in the box to to slot at home, and you could see that that goal meant a lot to the players because they knew that was it; it was done. And we haven't had a lot of big celebrations this season, but it felt like they were they were very very happy that time.
1: The the first goal as well. I mean, there was I mean obviously because we'd had a corner, mm-hmm. there was a lot of players up there. But you know, you just saw it was, it was virtually every symbol. Every single outfield player was kind of went to go and celebrate with Smith, and yeah, second goal the, the same. There was kind of kind of quite an obvious outpouring of of relief, I suppose, and, and emotion. But and, you know, that's the sort sort of goal you can score when when, when you're a goal up because you've got mm-hmm. more time, you've got more space. The 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 opposition are more committed up the park. Uh, but I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic play by Moffat and. You know, probably credit to Davy White as well for making the sub. I yeah. thought his changes on Saturday were, were were really intelligent and really did have an impact on the game. Moffat does absolutely brilliant to kind of keep the ball in driving on fence. It's the kind of the great touch as well from from McAllen, the the ball over to to Cammy Smith, and yeah, it's a it's a really good goal and kind of quite a big relief because I think the just the way the game had gone. Um, and the fact that the defence does feel a bit more settled now um, with, the, with the changes, obviously, that's made, um, that uh, there wasn't going to be... Kind of history wasn't going to repeat itself and that we were going to be able to, to hold on this time.
0: Yeah. Um, for, for this game, Corey Ndaba had, uh, had moved from his usual left-back um, into midfield for one game. Um, experiment didn't work. And he slotted in at centre back next to, to Jack Beard, and he was excellent. Um, He's—I mean, when I say it didn't work, um, he, it, it did, only didn't work because it wasn't necessarily for his lack of effort. The, the right mixture wasn't really there between him and Murdoch for it to work. But um, he's been excellent. Everybody's played so far. He's—he's something. <laughs>
1: I absolutely love him. He, he's fantastic. Um and yeah, his performance his performance on, on Saturday sort of belies his, his relative lack of experience and, and his age. He was he was first class. Kind of remind reminded me a wee bit of, kind of Michael Rose um yeah, yeah. you know, um just so comfortable on the ball. Um not nothing seems like too much of a, a stretch to him or or, or, or a worry. Um yeah, it's uh, kind of really impressed with him at, at centre back and you kind of kinda of wish that he'd almost just played centre back, although I kinda of, I, I understood why he took Redden out of the team. He was his confident he had yeah. gone and maybe we didn't need need an alternative there at left back, but uh, certainly I think um, going forward I would expect to see him line up at centre back certainly on the on the last two performances.
0: Yeah, uh, sometimes we're reading, uh, especially because he plays for Scotland under-21s. It's a little bit forgotten that this is actually his first real uh, season yeah. as, a, as a professional footballer. He's done all the youth stuff uh, down south, and that he played one. Uh, he started in one game before the pandemic hit. After his his move from uh, it was Middlesbrough, was that wasn't it? Um, yeah, he
1: went to Middlesbrough, and then he went to Stevenage. I think. Yeah,
0: got the one game, and then that was him. Uh, <laughs> and he came up to us, and so this is his first proper season. So he does need to go in and out a little bit, and um, I think that may be maybe forgotten. I mean, he should be good enough. He should be good to to go for the the, the remaining games from this point onwards. But
1: I, I would say so. Yeah, and I I, I don't think the tag of, of coming and. Being a Scotland in the 21 has, has really done him any favours because you're no. you're absolutely right. The fact is he doesn't have any first team experience, and you know sometimes when it comes to kind of youth international, you, you get in at a younger age and you just stick kind of regardless. Yeah. Um, I, I'm quite sure there are better, there are better left backs in, in Scotland his age. You kind know, you think that Aaron Hickey, for example, never really got a look in the 21s, but you know he. He had the spot on the under-21s and he kept it. So, fair play to him. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it maybe hasn't done any favours in terms of what people are expecting from him.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, good result, 2-0. Um, I was absolutely delighted. It was quite the turnaround. I was feeling a bit anxious in the build-up to the match, just how things had been going. Um, I wasn't too sure how a caretaker manager was going was gonna to tick things over. But he gets the win. So things are perfect. Um we've got a another quickfire game on the the Tuesday night against Wraith Rovers. Um that was a nil-nil, so basically that's the story of the match. <laughs> um <laughs> big big but moment. No, what
1: is... I mean, what did you what did you think about the match? I kinda listened I had the the BBC commentary on and they were kind of enthusing about it and they, they thought it was a really high quality match. Um, kind of I, And I suppose you, you 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 listen to a commentary like that, it's I think it was Craig Levine and James McFadden, and your kind of view on the game gets influenced by that. But I'll be interested what what was your kind of view on the game? Um I
0: thought it was I thought it was a good enough game. Um, it obviously it lacks it lacks talking points, not just because there's no goals, yeah. but there was there was a dearth of chances in the game. There was, there was a couple of big chances um, throughout the match. Uh, obviously, Race Rovers hit the post late on, and Tom Walsh had a, a late chance as well. Um, it, you're probably thinking uh, if this is the last season and that's Alan Forrest running in there, that's 1 uh, 0 and you're away a down the road. Um That's just one thing. He's a different player, he takes different types of shots. Uh, but yeah, I was like our, the, the, the tempo was there in the first half. Um, we obviously didn't like the, the way that that was going to play out for us over the ninety, and actively changed our formation in the middle of the second half to drop the tempo. Uh, when we took Smith off, we um, replaced him with... Esther, eh, not Smith off. We took Moffat off and brought Chalmers on. We moved Muirhead from the the midfield two to sit in between the the defence and the midfield, and I know they hit a post at one point, but and they had a lot of the ball near a box, but it didn't really do anything to us. Um, it was just a good contest between two teams that are they might be sitting in the league, but we've seen over the two games so far, there's there's just nothing between the two of them when we're coming up against each other.
1: I agree with that. Yeah, Rother obviously haven't had too much trouble finding the back of the net this season, but that's two clean sheets that we've managed to keep against them. And it comes back to that point about you know we we do have a do have a pretty decent defence on, on on its day. Mm-hmm. The game itself, yeah, the I don't think Sinasala was was too troubled too much. I think the stats show that we've had shots on target, but I don't think there was anything that was too testing for. Bill nah. jammy so uh, uh, but likewise as well I mean we 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 didn't really look like scoring at all and I think you can probably just have to yeah, accept it as a, a decent point against a, a decent team who are, are going pretty well second in the, in the table I think I think we, you just take the positives out of it another another clean sheet another decent defensive performance I thought it was actually pretty good game management as well the, mm-hmm. um, you get um Maybe get a bit nervous about you holding on for a nil-nil draw and going a bit more defensive and, and what have you. But I, you know, I think we played it perfectly, to be honest. And if, yeah. If you, there do, was... if you if you do get that last-minute winner, then then you're you're an absolute genius. But in the end, you take a point. You've got to be pretty happy with that in our situation.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. There was there was never really. I've been to games at Stark Spark like that before, and you get to that. St- you get to that kind of end of the game, and there is a bit of a, a cavalry charge comes on, and I don't know if maybe just the fans not being there just lacked lacked that wee edge coming, or did
1: they not used to have a bugle? Or yeah, literally, in like
0: literally yeah, playing the cavalry charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had yeah. a bugler up the the back of the the home stand. It used to stand. I mean, we have
1: room. we have conceded a few last minute goals. There in, in the past, I like think Damien mm-hmm. Castellanovo scored, yeah, scored yes. one as well, and stuff like that. So, that did cross my mind kind of at the last stages of the game like, oh, We've been here before, we, we've definitely conceded late goals uh, against this team before, but uh, not on this occasion. So, that's brilliant.
0: You got any time for the uh, Race Rovers free kick technique where a boy just stands with a hand in there and then doesn't he take it?
1: Um, no, I don't have any time for that.
0: It just seems like an absolute waste of time. <laughs>
1: it's, uh, it's up there with uh, Morton's kickoffs, where they line a few players up on one side of the pitch, but then just belt it out of the park. Yeah, um, <laughs> they seem to do that every time I see them. It's like I, I'm not getting, I'm not getting what that's all about.
0: Aye. So yeah, um, it was, it was a, it was a good game. There was a couple of chances for each team. None of them are really noteworthy. It was a good point away from home. It was the end of, end of Davy Wright's tenure. Um, Davy White, sorry. <laughs> and to be honest, if you told me that we had three getaway games in a row, Morton, uh, Wraith Rovers and Ten Castle for Hearts, and you were going to lose your manager right before the three of them, and you would get four points minimum. I would have absolutely bit your hand off after that Arbroath game because things seemed pretty grim at that point and they seem to be quite quite upwards looking right now.
1: Um, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, I didn't hold out much hope for um, us being able to get any points from, from well, I mean, obviously Morton are, are a pretty poor team, but just the, mm-hmm. the position we are, and more than that, I just I couldn't, really, I couldn't really sense what they were going to be able to change just by Mark and Mick not being there. Yes, yeah. I don't think it was an issue with Mark and Mick. It, they weren't not playing for them anymore, or mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was a toxic dressing room. I guess obviously I'm not I'm not in there, but it didn't. It wasn't a kind of situation like that where it just needs to be a change because the manager is the problem as such. So I didn't know what was going to change, but. Something has changed, whether it's it's just become simplified or whether it's because Muirhead was in centre midfield or, or what have you. But yeah, to get that to get the four points or the two games is uh, far exceed, exceeded exceeded my expectations, and it gives a really good platform for for Hopkins going forward now.
0: Yeah, um, so obviously today, um, alert. yeah, we might as well just get right into it. Uh, so today we we announced our new manager, David Hopkins. Um, how do, you, how do you feel about uh, our new hoppy overlord?
1: First thing, I'm just going to get really annoyed by people calling him Hopkins, so if you listen to this, please don't ever refer to him as Hopkins because it just annoys me. But uh, uh, on the appointment itself, it's not exciting, is it? i
0: not excited.
1: Exciting things are risky, and the more exciting something is, arguably the more, the more risky it is, and we're just not in the situation where we can afford something risky. Um, and obviously, all, all managerial appointments are, are risky. You know, any manager, no matter what their track record and perceived um, qualities, can have a bad season. Yep. But what we've got in, in David Hopkins now is, is someone who, who knows the league first and foremost, uh, has been in the league before this season, uh, obviously. Uh, and previously has won this league before though let's not get get ahead of ourselves. So in some respects it's a safe, as pair of hands as you could you could really um, wish for at this point uh, in time in terms of where the club are and you know the the, the real possibility that we, we could get relegated given how how tight the league is and the runner form that, that unfortunately we, we were on so, yeah um not exciting probably a safe appointment um you just gotta you just gotta give um just gotta wait and see how how it goes I think it's obviously important that from from listening to to Davy Davy uh, Smith's too many davies involved here yeah the interview that obviously it's important that he's appointed a guy who who he set it off with who he's kind of immediately kind of managed to build up a rapport which i think is I think is important. Obviously, it probably wasn't as important under the previous chairman, who's obviously over in LA, and maybe didn't have too much of a day-to-day dealing with the club. But clearly, um, the new man is is hands-on, is is there probably every day. So you can't really underestimate the importance of that. And you know, look, none of us were in those interviews, so we don't know what was said, and we yep. don't know how the, the candidates came across. So. I think you've just got to you just got to give uh, give both the chairman and, and the new manager the benefit of doubt, and we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, one of the things I was quite impressed with was um, just how little leaks are coming out of the process. Uh, you see, a lot of football clubs fans know every single person who's been interviewed for the job, and they know about a week before who's getting it usually. Um, they know everyone who's applied. Blah blah blah. People talk. Um, nothing came out about this. There was a there was a little bit that came out to Scott Burns at the uh, the Daily Record. I think he wrote that story for. Him. But it wasn't necessarily saying we were getting their man. He said they just said we were targeting them. So it yeah. obviously got to an advanced stage at that point. Um, but yeah, it was it was watertight. It felt like.
1: Yeah, really, really uh, very impressive, to, to be fair. And I suspect, I think uh, the chairman said that this deal was pretty much a done deal a, a day or two ago, almost, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, uh, finalised. So, so, you know, the decision is all in purpose has been made a couple of days ago, and it still only came out kind of yesterday, I think it was, through uh, Scott Burns. And I suspect that was probably kind of Maybe a process of elimination from him, kind of, uh, yeah. yeah, working out, working out for himself through his contacts, maybe Hopkins agents or what have you. But yeah, no, impressive um, that it, that it, that. It, I think, I think people are maybe getting a bit um, anxious, but I think the plan all, all along, as far as I'm aware, was to announce on Thursday, and we've announced on Thursday, um, so. He's, yeah. He's, Smith stayed uh, true to his word, and, and he's and he's got his man. It's yeah, seems on the outside to have been a, a pretty kind of successful process.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just um, I wonder as well. Um, I don't know how much sway this would have, but obviously there was some uh, out of work football managers that uh, reportedly went for the job who wouldn't have had any dealings with a football club during the pandemic at all. No concept of what football bubbles are and stuff like that. I wonder um, if that had any bearing on someone like Hopkins getting the job, who had obviously, uh, at the end of last season, he was the manager of a club, with, and he had the the same process that Mark Kerr had over the summer and everything, try to keep players ticking over and and meetings and whatever they may have done
1: quite possibly I hadn't really hadn't really thought about that but I mean it just comes into the the uh, another element of the fact that here's a man who can come in and hit the ground running from from day one yeah. it's it's not someone who's necessarily gonna have too much to, to learn or to put in place or what have you and he can yeah he can literally kind of hit the hit the ground running from from day one so, it's just that kind of championship experience as well, and kind of I suppose the championship of today experience that that not too many other candidates would have had.
0: Yeah, because um, as it it's a it's a different world from uh, just last season, even um, just going to games. The way that the games are approached, um, it's not the same. There's not the intensity, isn't there? It's as much as it's improved from the opening weeks. It's still not a. Uh, full bluster game of football most weeks but um, any concerns about Hopkins uh, for example um, he took over a Livingston team in fairly similar circumstances and managed to go the other way from Air United um, getting hammered by Strenra in the playoffs Yeah
1: they, they obviously they, they did get relegated um, that season when he took over from Mark Birchler, so I think it was. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't remember too much about that Livy team and, and that that Livy season, but you know it's it's not it's never easy to take over a club that's kind of only heading in one direction and trying to turn it around. I think I mean I think Copton did did have some kind of decent results towards the end of that season. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Don't I remember, I think they beat Rangers in the second last game. I don't know at that point whether they were already kind of heading for the playoffs or, or what have you. I don't think we're necessary in, in maybe we're a couple of weeks ago, but I think these two games have probably halted that kind of you know terminal decline where you, you're only heading one way down the table. You know, it's a different situation this time. I mean, in, in terms of doubts with Hopkins, I mean, yeah, I mean there's there's loads. That's let's, let's not let's not beat about the bush. You look at what he did at Livy and then overhanging that is well oh, to what to what extent was it down to David Martindale? You know, what was his true role in that? I think that's I think that's possibly a bit uh, condescending towards Hopkins, kind of an assumption that, that you know he didn't have a big role to play but I'm sure he had a massive role to, to, to play to play in, in that. And then the kind of, you know, I think we can maybe write off the, the Bradford. The short spell at Bradford, that obviously clearly hasn't worked. But English football is a different kettle of fish, and there's a lot of pressures down there. And, and then you look at Morton, and it hasn't been brilliant at Morton either. I think you, you, the common the common complaint you hear is um, his squad's really unbalanced, and you know only one goalkeeper, no striker, but loads of forwards. Look, is our squad that much different? We've got two no. two on long. There's one that only arrived the other week. Not really any strikers, and you know quite a lot of forwards. So you know it's not that different to what to what we've got. Yeah. Look, this is a completely different circumstance. I, I, I see people saying, "Oh, who's going to sign for Morton? Or he's going to start playing long ball now?" And you know, have we got the players to play three at the back? Different circumstance. Like, let And he said in his interview himself, "Look, in the short term, nothing's going to be changing much." So yeah, I think you need to give them the benefit of the doubt and not just assume that you know, issues he's had in the past or perceived shortcomings he's had in the past are, are going to be replicated at air, you know, give, give him a chance. It's a, a fresh chance as much for him as it is for everyone else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's concerns about them and 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 that they're, they're valid, but yeah, I think you need to give them the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, and when you're saying um, Fokker try to be, well, who's he going to sign for Morton? I mean... For all, Morton aren't great. Um, I would, <laughs> if he could take uh, Lewis Strat, Marcus Fjoltoff and Craig McGuffey and bring them to Somerset Park, <laughs> that would massively improve our squad. And everyone well, in this league has players that, that we could do with. Uh, Alouan or both. Morton included every single one of them. If he happens to have contacts at a, a club and he can get players to absolutely worth it.
1: The the I mean, tell you what the keeper has impressed me this season and I think he's yeah. out of contract. You would take him in a heartbeat because we're going to need a keeper next season and it's not it's not necessarily an easy position to fill. So yeah, I mean there's certainly look. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I think Morton are a terrible team. I thought they were a terrible team last season and the season before as well. But it doesn't mean doesn't mean to say they haven't got some decent players that could, could do a job for us.
0: Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, so. <sighs> My, my kind of thoughts on David Topkin coming in is, I think generally he'll be a, a pretty safe pair of hands. He probably won't leave us in a, a worse position than where he found us. Um, how the, what the middle point of that is, I have absolutely no idea. Um, he's not he's not promising us the, the wee ride that Ian McCall promised when he came in. Uh <laughs> And to be fair, he, he did eventually deliver it. But um, he's, he's just kind of promising. He's promising that he believes what the owner believes. He says that he's seen plans um, that the owner has for us. So if, De- if David Smith thinks he's the man for the job, he's interviewed the people, why not? What
1: will, what will be crucial, and I, and I think this is maybe an obvious thing to say, and i'm i'm working on the assumption that that we do stay up because i, I believe that we will mm-hmm. obviously what's going to be crucial is is recruitment over the summer because i think as we said before and in the last pod about about and his position this is still a team in transition and you know there's a number of positions that that still need to be to be filled to kind of create that team that might have a bit of longevity and, and can stick around for for the long term so his recruitment in the summer is going to be massive. And I suppose that's, that's why it's good that, that he's in now and you can start plan planning for the summer, notwithstanding the fact we don't, we don't know for certain what, what division we're going to be in, but that's obviously what we need. We need to start getting the business done early and getting the plans in place for, for next season.
0: Um, yeah. Well, the only way to get that certainty is to get results on the board. So he will know that himself. Uh, the sooner, the sooner that we are not uh, looking downward and we know that there's no point to looking downward, we can start either attempting to sneak into the playoff position, which I think is just gone now. Uh, just points-wise, it's still there. Absolutely fine. We could go on a run and it could happen, but I, I do have the feeling it's just out of going to be out of our reach with the form that Queen of the South are on. I, I don't see that dropping now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the sooner that that's uh, sorted, the more he can look towards who's out of contract in the summer, who's uh, within our kind of wage budget, whatever agents that he's pally with. He obviously has his own agent. So if a manager has an agent who is an agent to players, that's usually a sign.
1: <laughs> it's, um, I think it's. It's vital that he gets. Luke McCowan under contract. It's been suspiciously quiet around his contract situation. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether that means a deal's done. Then you know he's he's told the club he's leaving and and, and that's fine. But uh, that would be an interesting one to try and get sorted out. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I think quite a lot of the mainstays are are, are 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 contracted for next season, which you know provides a a good basis from from going forward. Well, in some instances. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, he didn't, and oh, I haven't watched, I haven't had a chance to watch his uh, interview video. Uh, but I've read the, the Daily Record article, uh, which I presume is in some parts talking to him. And it seems to be about the video. Um, so I didn't notice any talk of looking to strengthen the squad uh for this season. It looked it kind of read a lot more like we're gonna go with what we have and just see how we go. Um because there is the loan market is still open and I believe we still have loan spaces that we can fill up. But potentially the um having to terminate the contracts of the Mark Kerr or Matt McCardo, um getting a new manager in, depending on what wages he's on, is it higher, whatever. Um sounds like we are uh, recruiting his assistant manager from a another club, which will probably cost us. So I'm wondering if maybe the money's just gone for, for getting anyone in on loan. I
1: w- I, yeah, I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect anyone else to, to come in on, on loan. I mean ultimately I think. If you're going to get a lone player, it's more than likely going to be a youngster, and it's probably not what we need at the moment. Mm-hmm. It would literally just be a body that was filling a space in the bench. I would, I would assume. Uh, but I, I mean, bet. at the same time, same time, you maybe wouldn't expect Hopton to come in on the first day and say, "Look, I'm going to bring in players this season." Maybe he's going to take a wee bit. I mean, you'll have a fair idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be something you would disclose at the moment whether he would bring anyone else in.
0: Okay, um, so his first game is away on Saturday at Tyncastle. Um We went there early in the season, um, a weird and wonderful game of football. Um, we were quite good for a wee bit of it. Um, we were absolutely terrible and allowed ourselves to get mugged off by Christoph Berra uh, running down the wing at one point, which just tells you exactly how bad it was going at that spell. We managed to have the fight once it was all over to get a consolation goal, which we haven't really done in any other games. Um, I'm, I'm I'd like the game to be less exciting than that this time. I I feel we'd have a better chance with a less exciting game.
1: I think you reflect on the, just the, the home game at the start of February. And I I thought we did really well at that game and. Um, I suppose a bit like the Wraith game, didn't really look like we were going to create too many chances, although we did, we did have mm-hmm. a, a chance, um, and Hartz ultimately only won that with a fairly soft penalty. Yeah, uh, I think probably fair to say. So you know that that performance kind of gives you a, a, a bit of hope, I suppose, for going to Tank I wouldn't say I'm, I'm overly optimistic, and then then you kind of look at Hartz. Results over the last couple of weeks, and it's no surprises that you don't need to go too far back in, in history to to see Robbie Nielsen doing this with a team that has all the resources that should go in such yes. league. As in, he did it last season. You know, it's a really underwhelming procession to the title. Um. So, yeah. You kind of, in the back of your head, you kind of feel that hearts, you know, they'll have the quality, they'll have the the fitness, the strength, the pace, the the strength and depth or what have you to, to beat anyone, anyone on any given day. But as other teams have shown, um, it's not impossible to get uh, a result against them. And I mean, I don't know if, I don't know, it kind of feels like hearts have kind of got worse over the last couple of yeah. Years. <laughs> I mean, what is it? It's, I think it's it was three draws until until they got that win against um, Dundee on on Saturday.
0: I think so, they're um, I think they're viewing it as seven unbeaten or something along those lines uh, as the positive spin that they're going with.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I've, I've just got the results up in front of them. They beat Heart they beat Wraith four nil. Then it was it's one nil, one nil, one one, one one, one one, and two one. So I mean, yeah. they're not bad, it seems like, so, you know. Of course, that could flip and we could be the ones who so often we are that, that lead to that change in fortune for the opposition and they could go on and batter us. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm quietly confident that, that, that we won't be on the end of a, of a hiding yeah, and, you know, and that, that there is the potential that we could that we could get a result.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're due a dodgy penalty against them ourselves, so maybe it's our turn.
1: I would think so. I would think so. What 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 what's your thoughts on um what what team we'll will go with? Um, do you think- I don't
0: think he'll change much. Um not initially anyway. I think he'll he'll make a decision on who plays the striker. Uh, I think that's his decision and that's that alone really. Everything else I can't see why you would change anything. Um, You're right. unless he didn't like Unless he wanted to make it more of a, a three up front, and he didn't like the concept of the the Cammy Smith role, um, he might not like that. It lives, allows Muirhead to play as a uh, in between the defence and the midfield. Um, but I don't think that'll be a, an instant thing. That might be for the next game.
1: He he might do that, and I think kind of earlier in the season, Kerr maybe did that away from home, kind of going more 4-3-3 and have. Three kind of sit in the field more kind of um, rather than the kind of two and four forwards. So that's a possibility. He might also he might bring Miller in either in as one of those three midfielders or, mm-hmm. or right back. Given that he's kind of said that he, he's worked with him before at Livingston. So, um, but I think you're right. The, the big decision is who he plays up front. Whether he goes with, with I guess with McKenzie or, or Moffat. Be surprised if it was right um, and yeah, got the nod.
0: Yeah, uh, right, right. Uh, didn't even make the squad again for for Tuesday night. We were expecting him back. Have you have you heard anything about Dre? Is he expected for Saturdays. Was there? Any, I didn't. I didn't read anything. Um, I just read that he was supposed to be back for Tuesday night, and then it was just never mentioned ever
1: again. Yeah, we don't tend we don't tend to hear too much about what's happening in these fringe players. Yeah, I suppose Brett McGavin's the other one that's not even been on the bench for the last two games, although. Kind of uh, from what I've heard, he's not exactly been setting the heather on a light on on train on training if he's even still with us. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about right. Um, I, I was under the impression that he would he was touch and go for Tuesday. Maybe they've just decided not to not to bother uh, risking him and just told him to stay at home.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I uh, so where in the world do you think Brett McGavin is? What do you think? He's, what do you think he's up to? <laughs>
1: I don't. We don't know anything about him, do we? Um,
0: He's just really a really big guy that took one corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, other than obviously he was on trial and he was on trial a year ago, and we didn't obviously fancy him, and we decided to go for him uh, this year, and then by the sounds of it, quickly realised that he wasn't up to the job because it's not as if he was exactly a first team red guy under Mark and Nick. So yeah, uh, a mystery. Well,
0: he's got a good name, and we've signed a few folk with good names this season. Um, we two, we've got two new goalkeepers since the uh, since the management duo left. We've got Lucas Sandbergen and Peter Ominsky, who was the trialist in Mark Kerr's last game as manager. He has uh, he did a second emergency loan before signing uh, on a proper loan for the rest of the season. Um so we've we've got a few good named players in the squad now. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should make that our niche going forward.
1: Well in fairness Morton have got a few decent names as well, like uh, Cameron Blues is one that you like, mm-hmm. and uh Cammy's Sc- is it? Sc- Salked, I think it is. Salked, yeah, yeah, and Lewis Strauss. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the that's the future, just more kind of funny names.
0: And I mean, I, su- I suppose they were they were uh, replacing Ellis Reed Reid as well, which yeah. it's maybe maybe not of the the kind of Urminsky standards or, or such. But
1: I just want to take this opportunity to say God bless you, Lewis, uh, Ellis Reed. Reid. Uh, yeah. But in my eyes, an A United legend for that uh, one performance in Wrexham, um, having a good name sitting on the bench for. Months after months and after months with absolutely no potential of getting a look in, and um, I remember play of the year night out, the last play of the year night out, um, trying to get a photo with him, and he was like, "No, no, I can't get a photo with you because I'm not meant to be out, and the gaffer all killed me." So <laughs> I just want to pay respects to Alice Harried. You know, we never knew you, but I wish you all the best.
0: We got a cracking photo with him the year before. Uh, the yeah, year we, we did. You get the yeah. play of the year that night.
1: <laughs>
0: the uh, the night that we won the league um, I went to, to Furies in here after it because uh, <laughs> I'd I just decided I was staying out forever regardless <laughs> of living in Glasgow <laughs> um, so I, I was in Furies and all the players are there blah 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 and Elisir Reid's kicking about with his full goalkeeper you <laughs> <Get on. laughs> know just cutting shapes so uh, I can't mind what he had, but aye, legend legend, uh, will be missed. The bench will most sorely miss Ellis Hare Reid. <laughs> right, well, unless uh, you've got anything else to add about anything here United, then...
1: I haven't, though. No, no one came here to listen about Ellis Hare Reid, but um, that's, been, that's been enjoyable.
0: That's what they stayed for.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Aye, uh, try and get it a wee bit shorter than, than most of the other ones recently, especially that marathon episode that we had last time. So thank you very much for coming on Ali.
1: Thanks Derek. Promised
0: you when we got there. All the best Okay well that is the end of this week's show.